This is a Capricorn FM podcast. Let's go to our legal feature. And this evening we're looking at, um, when we're looking at issues around gender-based violence, so we're asking what are the things that they would look at to be able to prosecute cases successfully that relates to gender-based violence. So what are the instruments that are available to those to prosecutors to able to prosecute uh, gender-based violence issues and what would help them? What would they be looking at there? So we're speaking to Acting Deputy Director of Public Prosecutions at the National Prosecuting Authority and um, we, we're looking at this. That is Advocate Omashani Naidu. Advocate, good evening. Welcome to Progressive Talk. Good evening and thank you for having me. Good evening. Good evening. So of course during this period that we in we looking at issues around the 16 days of activism campaign but we want to know as the NPA what is available at your disposal to be able to prosecute uh, GBV cases successfully thank you there are a number of mechanisms in place to address um, gender-based violence and femicide um, within our legal system mm. um, let me start off by saying at the outset that South Africa has one of the best pieces of legislation when it comes to gender-based violence and femicide. Um, I'd like to start off a little bit in terms of our law. Um, we have the Criminal Law, Sexual Offences and Related Matters Act. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as we call it new, it's a, an act dated 2007. But it's brilliant in the sense that it covers um, rape. And we understood rape to be many years ago where rape, where a female was the only person that can be raped. And in terms of the new act, mm. males can also be raped. And that was a big plus in terms of the act. But what was also important in terms of the act, the specific reference to children, and that was in terms of Chapter 3. The legislators also took into account that mentally disabled persons are also very vulnerable. And Chapter 4 takes cognizance of that. And we have Chapter 4 dealing specifically with sexual offences with regards to mentally disabled persons. Mm. So you've already seen a very good progression in terms of the law. But in addition to that, we also have offences in terms of reporting and a duty to report. Mm -hmm. We also have the National Register for Sex Offenders. And we also have provisions for HIV testing. So already just in that, you see a very good piece of legislation. Now you're going to ask me, but how does this help prosecutors? Yeah. So when we're looking at this particular piece of legislation, and compare it now in terms of the old act. So previously, when a man or a boy was raped, you'd have it, you'd, you'd be charged in terms of indecent assault. Now we have rape. So you also have minimum sentence. And a specific, um, the legislation speaks to specific categories in terms of minimum sentences, like life imprisonment, for example, children. Mm. So you've seen that progression in terms of the law. But then you're going to also say, but Amash, so here you have the law. But what else is there? People are also afraid to report. We know that. Mm. So how do we take away that fear? So in terms of our Criminal Procedure Act, we have protective measures. And these protective measures and these relevant sections, section 153, 154, section 158, and section 170, capital A of the Criminal Procedure Act. So all of this basically speaks to, I'm afraid to testify. How how can you help me? Mm. So if I'm an adult survivor and I want to testify, I can testify in a closed closed camera. 
where there's nobody else present in court except for the accused person as well as the legal officials or personnel in court. Yes. So I'm able to testify in that sort of environment. But what happens if I don't want, I can't? Mm. Because the social worker has provided a report and I can't face the perpetrator because it's going to cause me irreparable harm or damage. Then I can testify in a separate room through CCTV. But what about our children, you're going to ask? Mm-hmm. So in terms of our children, we have intermediaries. And our intermediary and children testify in a separate room through an intermediary. Why? Because children don't need to hear the legal jargon. Um, but this party says that, and I object to your worship. The children need to understand things as in the language that they understand, in the manner that they understand. So that we take cognizance of. But let's also talk a little bit more about the law. How often do you hear that I was raped? 20 years ago. Yes, yes. That's a very tricky one, I would think, yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Who's going to believe me? But what does our law say? Our law says that people react to crime or to rape differently. And I might be, I I would like to talk about it. You might not. So the, the law has taken cognizance of that and says people react to rape differently and this cannot be held against them. And as a result, there is no prescription to the offence of rape. Okay. Let's take it a little bit further. Mm-hmm. And when we talk, what else is there in place? So we have Tutuzela Care Centres. Our Tutuzela Care Centres are one-stop rape crisis centres mm. where you have a site coordinating a victim assistant officer. These are NPA officials based within a provincial hospital. So the Titizela Care Centre is based at a provincial hospital. What's so important about the Titizela Care Centre? Mm. So it is a victim-centred approach, court-directed. Let's provide the service where all of the services are within one roof. So like I say, your victim assistant officer and your, and your site coordinator based at the TCC as a site coordinator, I welcome you. I'm not telling you I understand what you've gone through because I don't. Okay. But I welcome you. Just but one more issue. Yes. Yeah, that, that I thought, let, let's go into this one. The the, the, the registrar for sexual okay. offenders. Uh, and when we've had a lot of talk about that, how often it's updated, how often it's available and used. Talk to us about the rationale and how that works. Absolutely. So facets around the National Register for Sex Offenders. Mm. So number one. Um, if you're applying for a job, and this job entails working with children, like an educator, like a childminder, you have an obligation to report to your prospective employer if you have a sexual offence, you've got a conviction of a sexual offence against a child. If you fail to do so, that is, that is an offence. Mm. If I, as an employer, fail to inquire from you, then that too is an offence. So it creates a reciprocal duty. Purpose, again, is to protect our children. Mm-hmm. Now, is this in effect? Yeah. Is the register in effect? And the answer is yes. Let's go one step further. Are employee, employers implementing the provisions of the National Register for Sex Offenders? And again, the answer is yes. Within the NPA, we were all required now, within our department, to fill in um, applications in terms of the National Register. Mm. So that persons working with children um, 
are cleared in terms of any previous convictions against um, a sexual offences against children. So yes, is it an operation? Correct, yeah. it is. And the duty to report matter, how do you look Absolutely. at that? I know there's the bill that's talking about mandatory reporting. Absolutely. So mm. Section 54, and I want to draw a quick reference to Section 54 of the Sexual Offences and Related Matters Act, but also Section 110 of the Children's Act that speaks to a duty to report. Let's look at Section 54 first. Section 54 talks about a duty to report knowledge of a sexual offence against a child and a reasonable suspicion of a sexual offence against a mentally disabled person. Where you fail to report, and I speak now, let's talk broadly. So I'm an educator, and I see those telltale signs. Mm. Um, The child's marks are dropping, she comes to school, not very, her uh, her dress is is, is creased, maybe various reasons, but uh, it's really not my business. Um, Or I I find out. The neighbor tells, oh, I think there's some sexual abuse going on there. Um, But it's really not my business. What Section 54 says, there's a duty to report. Mm. Where you fail to report, then you must be prosecuted. Now, Section 110 of the Children's Act also creates this duty, not only in terms of sexual offenses, but also abuse, neglect, and exploitation. And I like this. Mm. I like this a lot because it talks about the child mm. that was hit today mm-hmm. and again tomorrow and the third day I hit him really hard and as a result he dies of those injuries. Yeah, Advocate, I'm going to t- take an ad break and we'll continue talking about this but uh, when we continue, the other area I want us to look at is when you go to court and this has been a complaint for some how, what are the mechanisms there, how does it work, how is or difficult is it to successfully prosecute a case in terms of evidence and things that you may need to argue uh, a case successful and we'll talk about that when we continue progressive talk. Right, we continue to talk in progressive talk. Advocate, so the other thing is when you actually go to court um, how, what, what are the mechanisms like? Uh, because I'm avoiding asking how difficult or easy is it yes. for you as the NPA to successfully prosecute cases? What needs to help you the, outside the laws? Whether it's someone gathering, it's the gathering of evidence, it's the keeping safe of evidence, or what, what, what works there? Absolutely, thank you. So For a successful prosecution, you know that it's a team. So you don't go into court alone. It's a team of stakeholders that work collectively to ensure a successful prosecution. Who is this team? The team is the South African Police Services, Department of Health. But within the South African Police Services, you also have the Forensic Science Laboratory. Also is the Department of Social Development. Now, you've already seen a group of personnel that play a vital role already in a successful prosecution. So let me take you through that. So investigation is important. Crime scene is in- investigation is important. So securing the crime scene. Why is securing the crime scene important? So when I was raped, um, my, my perpetrator left um, a condom behind. In that condom is a semen. That semen needs to be analyzed. That semen goes to the forensic science laboratory. Why? To determine his DNA. Now, that is important. DNA is important. What else is important? I don't want to talk about my case. I don't want to talk because I have that approach. If I, if I pretend it didn't happen, it didn't happen. Mm. This is how I'm dealing with this. So a psychologist is important. I need that evidence in court. I need to leave that evidence. 
I need to make sure, number one, in terms of the DNA, when I spoke to you about the Chitizela Care Center, yeah. um, evidence is collected by the doctor at the Chitizela Care Center. He attaches a, um, a, a reference number, uh, a, a crime that is taken, and reference number is attached to it. Would that go chain evidence? You've got to make sure that the chain is intact, number one. Number two, that evidence is analyzed, and the DNA is then links or does not link the perpetrator. Also what happens is, and this is important to remember, psychosocial intervention is essential. It, has, it starts at the Tutuzela Care Center and continues even after the case. But let's now take it into the courtroom. I need to make sure that my survivor is ready to testify. If I place my survivor in the witness box and mm. she's not ready to testify and all she says is silence, mm. does that take my case any further? No. I've already placed her in the witness stand. What am I doing to her? I'm causing her secondary victimization. Yeah, what yeah. am I doing to my own case? I'm mm-hmm. actually causing detrimental damage to my case. All right. So I, I remember- Advocate, obviously these issues are broad and we should speak more about them. We should be able to engage further in the future and look at some parts of these details. But we appreciate your time for engaging with us. Thank you very much. That was a Capricorn FM podcast. For more podcasts, visit capricornfm.co.za.